Hi, I'm Alex, and this is the Fanatic Fulcrum. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. The Fulcrum is a central hub where students, staff, faculty, and people out of Sacramento State alike can tackle the tough issues of today through a local news outlet. For example, today, we're talking about androgyny, something I think would make Rand Paul poop his pants. Good. This is our fourth episode, and I plan to have our finale come out next Tuesday, December 7th. I know finals are imminent, and just like some of you wonderful listeners, I too will be locking my door and bawling my eyes out over sheer stress alone. But the Fanatic Fulcrum has been a wonderful journey, and one I am glad to have shared with all of you. Our finale will feature the local Sacramento comic book writer Brent Sands, the founder of Impound Comics. He is also the owner of that same black-owned small business and a former Sac State student. We will be geeking out about his comics and some Marvel, Image, and DC ones from which he garnered inspiration. Today's episode, however, is one about cosplay, the practice of dressing up as characters from a movie, book, or video game, or any media, really. My guest is James Gurix, an English major here at Sac State. James is non-binary, but it took dressing up as androgynous characters like Bruno Bucciarati from the anime JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Metaton EX from the role-playing video game Undertale to realize over time that they felt more comfortable not being in costume, but exuding the confidence of characters that had somewhat ambiguous genders. James also told me that the more conventions they attend, the more serious sack anime, for example, gets about convention culture and the phrase, cosplay is not consent. Let's get into it. Well, hi, James. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, um, you like cosplaying? Yes. (laughs) To say the least. Tell me a little bit about how you started to get into it. Well, I've been cosplaying for about 10 years, um, but I started getting into cosplaying before I even knew what cosplaying was. So when I was like probably nine, I want to say it was nine or 10, something like that. Um, I cosplayed as Mario and Luigi, like my sisters and I would like dress up as Mario and Luigi and just pretend that we were on a mission to rescue the princess. Um, I would make the buttons on the overalls, the yellow buttons out of paper and then just tape them to a tank top. And we would just have, it was just fun. But the first time I started cosplaying before I really, when I really knew what it was, um, was my friend, fresh, our freshman year of high school, was having a little uh, costume party get together type thing. And me and one of my other friends decided that we were going to cosplay as Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. So that was the first time I got a wig. I got the outfit. Um, I didn't do any makeup because I didn't know how to do it at the time. But it was really fun. We really got into it. Like, we did everything from, like, the in-characterness to the cringy British accents. It was so much fun. And since then, I was just kind of hooked. And then a year after that, when I turned 15, I started watching anime. And then I got even more hooked because I realized, wow, these anime characters are so unique looking. I want to dress up as them. And that's basically how I started cosplaying. Why did you fall in love? Where was the passion with it? Something about taking on this character and just getting all like extra and like glammed up and like it was just it was just really appealing to me and I was really I guess you could say that seeing certain characters they were sort of like my muses so I was really inspired by just their looks and the way they acted and that's basically where it came from, I think. Okay, so you've been cosplaying for 10 years, so you might have done quite a few costumes at this point, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> which ones, maybe like top three, which ones are you most proud of? 
Well, um, I would say that I am most proud of my Metaton cosplay, my Bruno Buterati cosplay, and you know what? Quite <laughs> recently, this is like like not even kidding, a week ago, okay. I decided I was going to pull a uh, nostalgic character out of the archive and do a genderbent version of him, which okay. I have never, I don't usually do genderbent characters, mm. but I decided impulsively, I already have the jacket for this this character so i may as well just go all out and i got a new wig and everything so i would say that i'm proud of that just because i put it together so fast but my metaton cosplay the reason i'm really proud of that one is because it was the first cosplay that i actually made because the character's a robot and so it required the making of armor and i didn't want to spend you know 150 dollars to buy a low quality costume bodysuit thing when I could make like detachable pieces that I felt would be more authentic and robotic. And it was my first experience working with um, EVA foam and like covering the EVA foam with fabric and doing really intense makeup. Like it was also my first time using uh, face paint and it got a lot of really positive attention at the uh, conventions and stuff. And it became one of my favorites just because I felt, I felt I guess I felt like me when I dressed up as this character because yeah. he was really extra larger than life and androgynous and it was just I felt like that was a part of me that I was missing a little bit and then my other one that I'm really proud of is my Bruno Bucciarotti cosplay okay. um, that one I'm more I didn't make it I bought it but I'm more proud of the confidence journey okay um, because I never really used to compare myself to other cosplayers but because the art style was so, like, I guess perfect and beautiful, I was really trying to strive, for, and like artsy, I really was trying to strive for this perfection, and I felt like my face and everything wasn't cutting it. And I, my, my introduction to this character was because I saw, this was even before I watched Jojo, I saw this beautiful cosplayer cosplaying him, and I would constantly find myself comparing mm. my version of him with the one that they were doing. And so it took a long time. Uh, I I was just, at, I bought a, the first costume I bought did not fit me. <laughs> so it was too big and I felt like I was swimming in it. And the, the outfits they were kind of like skin tight, very form fitting. And I, I just, mine wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So I had to buy a new one. Um, and that definitely helped. And then I experimented with the makeup, tried different ways until I found one that worked. And then I think cosplaying as Bruno in more like casual situations, like when my friend and I filmed like cosplay videos and stuff, helped me really feel out the character and and practice uh, my makeup and my portrayal of him. And then I finally wore him at the convention that was just recently, the one back in September. Mm -hmm. um, and I... It was the most attention I ever got for any cosplay I've ever worn. And I had someone, well, first I was stopped by like two different photographers. And then I had people that told me they chased me around the convention just so they could stop me, tell me how good I looked or take a picture. And then I had this other person, we were just passing on the escalator and she said, oh my gosh, I love your Bruno. It's so beautiful. And I, that was the moment I was like, this I was at that peak confidence, and I had, f and now every, whenever I put my Bruno cosplay on, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I really like this. I I feel myself in this. I like this a lot, 
And so I was really, it was like a, an epiphany, I guess you could say, when she said that, because I had been striving for that, that, you know, idealized, beautified image that I created in my head. And when she commented and said I looked beautiful, I was like, okay, so I, I've reached my confidence, finally. And that's why I'm so proud, because it was finally, I'd finally reached that idealized image I created in my head. Um, but I would not recommend striving for perfection or idealism in every cosplay that you do, because if you put effort into it, people are going to see it. Like, that's how it is. You mentioned that it was almost like a journey of self-confidence. Would you say cosplaying helps you find your identity? Yes. Metaton. Uh, I found out later on that I, I... I read this somewhere, so I don't know how accurate this fact is, but apparently um, Metaton's look and character was inspired by David Bowie. Okay. And so I... And then I found David Bowie, and David Bowie was what helped me really find or realize I was non-binary. But it was Metaton that was that, you know, the, I guess the starting point, you would say. And Metaton is very androgynous and he is very extra and very theatrical and that was i and he he was like my muse for like a year i have a sketchbook that's just full of drawings of him because i was so like impressed by the way he looked in the game and like i loved his his character i loved his personality i loved the way he spoke and it was just, I really, really wanted to cosplay him. And when I did, I saw myself as this androgynous, extra, like, theatrical figure. And I was like, okay, so maybe I'm androgynous. Maybe I'm non-binary. Because being, I mean, up to that point, I had never really cosplayed any female characters. And my family members always asked me why. And I was like, and it just didn't feel right. Cause like I put on a cosplay to like feel confident and you know, become someone I'm not and sort of mask my like self, my self-consciousness. And I guess uh, that female aspect was something that was, I was self-conscious about. And so by cosplaying more male or androgynous characters, that's when I felt my most confident. Actually, I would say cosplaying characters that have more androgynous features is where I felt my most confident. And that's how I came to realize if I feel this confident dressing up as these androgynous characters, maybe I really am androgynous. Not necessarily masculine or feminine, you mean? Yes. Okay. Exactly. And androgyny is defined, can be, and just a little disclaimer here, androgyny can be, everyone defines androgyny differently. Okay. Um, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Uh, so my definition of androgyny would not be the same as someone else's. Okay. But yeah. Um, okay, so I had a theater arts major come in the other day. They said that finding their non-binary identity came from, like, acting. Came from them. They uh, grew up in a household where limitations were put upon them. Different examples of that can be for different people, whether that's, like, maybe, like, conservative parents or maybe they're a part of a certain religion. Um, and then when they got to go and play these different characters in a show, for example... that That's when they got introduced to different aspects of life. And just they found themselves in a character thinking certain things, maybe like, oh, well, this character probably thinks different than I do. And then they were like, they really took that time to self-examine and be like, oh, well, maybe I do think that. Maybe I don't think the way that I was grown up the whole time. Is that similar to how you found your non-binary identity? Or would it be a little bit different because this came out of 
I don't want to say like outfits alone, right? Because you did say it's very much in the character and how you presented yourself. But I mean, when you're cosplaying, you're not necessarily obligated to play a certain character at a convention. Um, I, I think I would say that that experience is kind of similar. Okay. I definitely understand, um, especially when it came to Metaton, like putting on this stage persona, this drag queen inspired makeup and acting like this larger than life narcissistic like, I really, that was the one cosplay that I, like, went, tried to go, like, all out. Like, I changed, I, like, altered my speech patterns. Portraying those more, those characters that had those more androgynous features, that's when I felt my most confident. And so I began to realize, okay, so maybe my confidence comes from androgyny. And, I mean, yeah, I would say that it's a similar experience, but, I mean, you're right. In cosplay, you're not necessarily obligated um to be in character you just go and enjoy yourself but i think when it comes to cosplaying for me it was the i guess passing aspect passing as non-binary is really hard because we live in a gendered world um and then actually when i was at the convention dressed as bruno my friend was with me and introduced me uh to one of the vendors as they them um, and so I felt that that was, that was really important for me. Like, even though Bruno's pronouns are not they, them, my pronouns being used correctly I, when I was dressed as this character that has androgynous features really helped with that confidence and that like passing aspect. So I think that that's partially why. Um, but, but yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about convention culture or are, are people more willing to accept a non-binary identity there than they might be in, let's say, a newsroom, for example, or maybe in a political setting or a, or a college setting even? Yeah. Okay. I would say so. Like, um, the great thing about conventions is even my grandpa, my grandpa took me to my first convention. Okay. And he said, he really, one thing he really liked about it was, he was like, wow, like, I feel like this was a great environment of just a bunch of nice people who love to be there and who was really open and kind and accepting and it was just it's definitely more accepted there i would say people are more people are more understanding more willing i think to be more accepting of people who are on the lgbt plus spectrum because it's a it's a safe space for you know our community and it's and i think that's one of the appeals of going to these th going to things like this is there a negative side? I did find a lot in my research for this episode alone. I, I cosplayed once when I was 13. I did an Aquaman. I got one of those orange, it's like polyester shirts from, I think yeah. it was like Under Armour or something. And I took a Sharpie to it so I could draw all the scales on it. Um, but that's been my only brush with the community. And that was almost eight years ago. Um, so I did look into it a little bit for our episode. And I found that phrase kept coming up, cosplay is not consent. Could you like just kind of, I guess clear things out. Like, what does that mean? And why, why is that such a... <laughs> I'm going to bring up the definition here. Because Absolutely. this is arguably one of the most important things that need to be have, an, have awareness spread about it. Cosplay is not consent. A catchphrase that has become widespread following online discussions about mostly female cosplayers getting sexually harassed at conventions. It serves as a reminder to fans that cosplayers are human and should be treated as such. I love that. Um, so... This is really important because I feel like 
you go to this one actually i'm gonna i'm not gonna talk about anyone else's experiences because i don't want to you know i'm gonna talk about mine okay um because obviously everyone's experience is going to be different right um so for me personally one of the reasons i don't cosplay as female characters is because i'm afraid of that harassment and um luckily at least to the conventions i've been to we're they're really strict about that and like you're you have to report it and there's a bunch of rules like you have to ask before touching people even if you're just gonna like put their your arm around their shoulder whatever have you had an experience uh kind of like that um Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, now. Would you mind sharing it? No. Okay. I'm afraid of being harassed and made to feel uncomfortable when I'm going to a place that I'm supposed to be having fun. And my one experience that I had, I was actually, I was dressed up as a gender bent version of one of my favorite characters. And it was the first, one of the first times I, I think maybe the second time I wore a gender bent uh, version of a character, like out to a convention. And um, me, me and my friend Erica were uh, cosplaying as two characters from JoJo, but we were doing gender bent versions. Can I ask who, just for anybody uh, who might yeah. be a so JoJo I fan? So I was Joseph Joestar, okay. and she was Jotaro Kujo. Okay. Anyway, and keep going. I'm sorry. So No, you're fine. So we were just walking around the vendor hall, and we saw this dude running around, and he was just like being really loud and anxiety-inducing. <laughs> and... He was like, like, like cutting people off and like stopping people and just like snapping pictures without asking permission. And I looked at her and I was like, let's like try to lay low and like get out of here. Nope. He saw us anyway. And he was dressed up. He was dressed up in a closet cosplay version of a different character. Okay. Um, and so I was, we were with uh, two of our, our guy friends and he ran to us, cut us off from our guy friends and basically backed us into one of the corners and was basically like pose and like already had his camera out not even asking permission and now that was really uncomfortable and anxiety inducing because it was like i i need a minute <laughs> to pose for cosplay pictures to look good like i don't want to pose as joseph joestar uh with you know all of my shopping bags so i usually like put them on the ground and like you know, prepare myself and like try to think of my pose, but I didn't have a second to think and n neither did my friend. And so we just were kind of stuck in this position and we had to, we just, and he just ordered us to pose. Right. She almost said something. I wish I would have said something because that is completely disrespectful. You do not do that. Yeah. Like you're, you don't run up to someone, cut them off from their friends and like demand that they pose for your picture already with your camera out, at least ask them, Hey, can I take a picture of you? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's... We were so uncomfortable, and we ended up trying to avoid this person for the rest of the event. If you're going to go to a convention, if you want to... I get it. It's exciting. There's... Especially if it's your... If you've never been to one, like, you love seeing all these people dressed up as characters, but you have to make sure that you respect them because cosplayers are not just people in costumes they're not just their character there there's a person under there who went through the time and effort to put together this this outfit and just don't make them uncomfortable just 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 respect them luckily sack animes really tried to you know 
go down hard on this concept and they have it posted everywhere on like billboards and stuff. And they're there so you can report if someone makes you uncomfortable. And then everybody can be, have a happy, fun time at their convention. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, so what might be other aspects of cosplay culture that people know less about? Like, I'm talking music videos or um, tutorials even on YouTube. Yeah, so CMBs. CMBs are CMBs and skits on YouTube. Like, CMBs, uh, it stands, it's an acronym. It stands for Cosplay Music Videos. And that's basically, of course, when people will take a song and they'll make a video cosplaying as characters. And it's really a lot of fun. My friend and I do, like, make make at least one a year. And it's always it's it's always so much fun. And then people post them online. And you can get a following community and actually, you know, make a career of yourself on YouTube as a cosplayer, as, like, a professional cosplayer. And then there's, like, cosplayers who will do, like, tutorials, like, makeup tutorials and costume tutorials and wig tutorials which are really great if you're just if you're starting out cosplaying it's really great to, that's how i started i watched some a few tutorials and that's how i made my metaton cosplay was from one of the tutorials and it's just it's generally a lot of fun cuz there's a lot of um social media like stuff on youtube especially that have to do with cosplaying and there's skits you know it's it's just fun i love that oh my gosh what would you say to people who want to get into cosplay but might be skeptical to do so? I'd say go for it. But if you're skeptical, um, I wouldn't go all out, personally, because if you're skeptical, you obviously are, don't know if you're going to like it or not. So I would just do something that just kind of to, to kind of dip your toes into the cosplay community. Maybe watch some tutorials. Um, do maybe a more casual or co- closet cosplay. You can thrift... I would 100% recommend thrifting. You can find great pieces uh, for cosplay at thrift stores. And if you're not comfortable doing like a full character, why don't you do something like, you could do something like Disney bounding, but like for like a different thing, like you could wear an outfit that's inspired by a character instead of like the actual character. So Disney bounding like Ariel, for example, would be like maybe some green pants, like a purple shirt with like a red hat on. Or a red wig if you want to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so sorry, you've mentioned this phrase a couple times. What's closet cosplaying? Oh, closet cosplaying is basically when you pull stuff. You go so you don't really buy anything. You pull stuff from your closet to put together a character. Okay. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. That's okay. how I started out was closet cosplaying. Okay. I didn't buy my first cosplay till. 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, or. If you're not fully comfortable going as dressed up, you could just go to a convention and talk to different cosplayers. Be like, hey, like, I'm thinking about getting into cosplaying, but I'm not sure. Like, what would you recommend? But yeah, I definitely say go for it. It's it's a it's really is a great community and it's a lot of fun. Could people go to conventions and like not wear anything could they just show up in regular clothes will they be like sent away or will they be okay (laughs) no the great thing about conventions is that we're super welcoming and we love when people you know come okay and it's so you don't have to go and cosplay it's not like a requirement you do the great thing about going to conventions is that you can dress up however you want like you can wear like a, a cute outfit or you could just you know Wear a cosplay, whatever you want. A t-shirt and jeans. Sure, okay, yeah. Sweet. 
Okay. So then we're going to move on to my favorite segment. Uh, it is the trials and tribulations of knowing trivia as a fan. Uh, what is the name of the brand of innovative, non-toxic, thermoplastic modeling material popular among cosplayers for creating costumes, armor, and props? Warbler. Have you used it? I have not. Okay. I've only used EVA foam, but I definitely want to try it. It's okay. definitely on my list. What? How I, How is EVA foam different from Warbler? Um, so Warbler is a thermoplastic and EVA okay. foam is foam. Okay. So it's, um, <laughs> sorry, that sounded, I was no. not trying to sound condescending. Um, that was funny, it's I a, like that. What I meant is, it's a different texture a little bit. Okay. So Warbler is like, sort of, it looks like a kind of cardboardy. Okay. Like it's sort of a stiffer material and Warbler is more, or sorry, foam is more like squishy. Okay. But either one works great and they still act the same way where you use heat to mold them. Nice. Okay, that sounds so cool. It's like basically like forging your own armor almost. Pretty much. Nice. Except it's lightweight and comfy instead of being super heavy. <laughs> Except being like metal, a sword or something. Okay, so, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to need help on this one. Bruno Bucciarati. Was I close? Yes. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, born on September 27, 1980, what is Bruno's Chinese zodiac animal sign? Rooster. Nice. C-3PO is a droid program... Okay, so you've actually done C-3PO, correct? Yes, I... Um, that was another one that I made. It was a, like, female android version of C-3PO. I love that. Haven't worn that one yet. Okay. But I... It's, it's still... It's got a little bit of... It still needs to work out a little bit of the, you know, technical difficulties before I wear it. That's funny, because he's a droid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, C-3PO is a droid programmed for etiquette and is fluent in over 6 million forms of communication. What type of droid is he? He is a protocol droid. I love that. Do you watch Star Wars? Yes. Okay. Which is your favorite out of the nine movies, uh, like in the Skywalker <laughs> saga? So, C-3PO is my favorite character. I, I, he's like... I can say with confidence that he is one of my favorite characters of all time. Okay. Just because I relate. Like, there are so many characteristics of myself that I see in him. <laughs> Anxious and fussy. Hello? <laughs> We're very similar. But anyway, my favorite um, of the Skywalker saga is the... What is it? The, the last one. The the Rise of Skywalker? No, no. The last oh, one in the original. Oh, Return of the Jedi? Yeah, that one. I, oh, I forgot the name for a second. That's but yeah, okay. I like Return of the Jedi because C-3PO, you know, gets a little bit of a moment in there and it's nice. He's he's the first. Him and R2 are the very first characters on screen in any type of Star Wars media whatsoever. Oh my gosh, you're right. That is so cool. Thanks. Sorry, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. We'll have another episode on it some other time. <laughs> um, okay, so then, okay, number four, the World Cosplay Summit is an international annual event held in which country? Japan. Nice. What is glomping? That's when you, like, run up and, like, aggressively, like, hug someone or something? Okay. Yeah, like, it, I have here, it says it was an aggressive tackle hug. And yeah. And it it began it, sorry I have like a whole definition it became it began as an anime term but has extended to convention use um, and because of the bodily harm that it can create um, it's it's a big no no like it's definitely not allowed especially with how um, the emphasis that they're putting on cosplay is not consent oh yeah I didn't that's really interesting I didn't know that all right I think that just about does it for today again I would be flattered if you join us next week for my interview with Brent Sands the creator of Impound Sacramento's very first superhero it will also be the first ever video cast of the Fanatic Fulcrum so you'll get to see my beautiful face on camera too until then I've been Alex later <laughs> <laughs>